At lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional bond. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to another flashback episode of The Existentialist Cucumber. This episode was originally recorded back in June 10th of 2020. It was uh, pretty wrestling heavy, so for those pro wrestling fans, they'll probably get a kick out of this episode. Also, Curtis gives his review of Animal Crossing on Nintendo Switch. Hope you enjoy it. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber. Uh, my name is Larry Wu. I'm Curtis Withers. Larry, I believe we owe an apology to the nation and the good people of New Zealand. <laughs> especially especially their music scene. So, um, I'll, I'll start off first. So, leading off the show today is an artist named Benny, who obviously is, is not um, aiming at my demographic, but uh, I, I, I don't think, I don't want to... I don't want to even compare it to, but I thought she, at first I thought, oh, is she just the uh, New Zealand version of Billie Eilish? And, you know, listening to her lyrics, it's like, yeah, it's kind of there, but she's kind of a little more popular, but she's super young and her following is, is ginormous. Her, the one song that we were listening to, which is super lonely, has like 260 million listens or clicks or streams, however, uh, however you want to count it on on the Spotify so um, yeah I was told yeah you haven't heard her so and she also has like 24 million um, monthly listeners I think she's probably she's 82nd in the world <laughs> Pretty good. so yeah you know the new maybe it's the new young scene the news the new scene because we for also forgot a huge huge artist and i'll let you kind of talk to that one because you brought that yeah uh, i can't believe we forgot lord who's who's you know quite a big star obviously has had big hits and also like dominated an entire season of south park um and uh yeah it just uh, i and, and i knew that she was from the southern hemisphere but i did not think i thought she was an australian i didn't realize that she was from new zealand until until today <laughs> and, uh, and, and it's it's funny because i think you and i both did searches on new zealand musicians and and i guess we our parameters weren't good because neither of us had lord in our in, in our in our returns like yeah no no Benny, I can understand Benny not 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 crossing our radar, but yeah, Lord, like everyone's ha has heard of her, and I I was surprised at one thing. A, I guess I never heard her actually speak, so I didn't realize she would have an accent, and I didn't realize how young she was. She's only today she's like twenty three, which meant that she was sixteen when uh, Lord when uh, Royals came out, and when she released yeah. it. And that, that's incredible, because I thought she was of the same age vintage of uh, Taylor Swift, so, you know, kind of in that late 20s thing, but, heh, geez, it just shows we know nothing about New Zealand music, but thank you for those that have uh, reached out to correct correct us. And... I'll, I'll say I know nothing about music, full stop, really, <laughs> to be fair. What, what... I'll, 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 I'll opine on it without really having any knowledge. Oh, that's come on. Oh, come I'd love on. to do that. You, you, you got all the music questions right at Trivia Night this week, did you? Yeah, it was a lot of, a lot of 80s and 90s. Okay, so what one was one was the release year of License to Ill? Or actually, no, it was re release decade. Release, release decade, yeah. So yeah. That, that, that was fine. There was the um, Kanye West College Dropout first album question. And I think, I think, like you said, I think... They tried to fool you by thinking late registration would be out before college dropout. Hmm. But it was it was the opposite. Yeah, but it's, I, it's not chronological Kanye's albums. No, no, from, no. A, from an academic career, from an academic sort of uh, viewpoint. Um, and the one question that it really made me feel super, really, really old was the fact that it's now a trivia question, which is who's the lead singer of Pearl Jam? Yeah, 
like, how is, I, went, I, I, I hit it. I went, how is that trivia question? Oh, right. Pearl Jam is over 25 years old. Yeah, you could be born in, uh, you could be born the same year as, as, as Lord, for example, and have no idea about, uh, about any better. Oh, okay. Well, praise thee be New Zealand artists. Keep doing your, what you're doing. You're doing fantastic. <laughs> um, why, why don't we head to, uh, the, the news headlines, uh, from this week. I have possibly the greatest headline ever posted on, uh, in any media whatsoever. Like I, I had to practice this a few times before the show because I kept cracking up every time I read it and I couldn't do it with a straight face, but porn actor Nacho Vidal arrested in photographer's toad venom death. Take There's that a in. lot to unpack there. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack there. So first thing, the guy's name is Nacho Vidal. Now, now you, you I, I was too chicken to Google it, but you kind of did a quick uh, incognito uh, look into his career. So he's done quite a bit of porn or male mm, or uh, adult, adult theater. And he's also done mainstream stuff you're mentioning, right? Yeah, I think he's done a little bit, but yeah, I mean, it said, I think it was the, the CNN story about it, uh, said that he had done some obscene amount of, of porn in his life. Uh, here we are. The 46-year-old Vidal has has appeared in at least 10,000 scenes in a porn career spanning 26 years. That's a lot of glitter. That, that's, you know, <laughs> at some at some point, you know, you just, like, when do you retire? Like, at some point, you just got to, like, be dreading the next the next scene. Like, oh, my God, this again. <laughs> the drudgery. The absolute drudgery. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's why he licks toads. I don't know. Well, well, no, it's it's it was his photographer. Yeah. So, so I think he was the enabler. So let's let's unpack the the the, the toad. So the uh, non. Um, so the 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 Latin name for this toad is the Bufol alvarius, also known as the Colorado River toad. So this this isn't your Simpsons, you know, South American bright colored toad this is just this thing looks like your average bullfrog but very lumpy very lumpy very Jabba the Hutt-esque um but it does have a gland on I guess it's on its on its back right so it's a defense mechanism that it is it excretes this uh like eh, I don't. I always have a thing about what is ve venom or poison in this case. But anyways, it excretes this vapor, which is basically a psychedelic um, substance, like a toxin. Um, and I guess for humans, it, it. I guess people, the 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 rich and famous use it apparently to um, uh, treat depression and anxiety. <laughs> apparently it's a thing it's you know I, i'm sure it's on uh gwyneth paltrow's website in some kind of more tame yeah. format um but yeah apparently the guy you know the uh nacho apparently he did it and he said it helped him reconnect with his soul and with earth and mother nature and the uh poor photographer basically took too much i guess he od'd and and or suffered something but that's what happens when you try to mess with a toad that is trying to defend itself from raccoons and dogs and you know yeah well and, and of course the raccoons have, uh, have, a, have a hack oh oh yeah no no, no. apparently the raccoon the raccoons know what to do so the raccoons apparently they, they they pull the toad away using its back legs knowing to stay distance and then it'll turn the toad onto its back and start feeding off of its belly so how's that for a uh, 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 a view, a sight. You, you gotta love the raccoons, man. They, 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 they can find a way to eat anything. It is, it's, uh, you don't want to mess with them. Like, they, they, they will find, they will find a way. Poor Nacho Vidal, I'm sure he's gonna have to face some kind of rap. I don't know if anyone's gonna bother publishing his conviction on the t t said toad poisoning, but, uh, don't mess with the toads. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess another huge loss for the porn community. A uh, huge loss for the porn community. Uh, 
how, how, how do you think they, uh, they honor their, their own in some kind of ceremony? Do they, do they do some kind of act in a, in solidarity or do you think they have some type of uh, special handshake or handshake to something? I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm sure that it contravenes all physical distancing. <laughs> oh yeah. Laws no. and rules. Well, speaking of which, um, it looks like, um, despite the fact Florida wanted to be safe and reopen faster than anyone else, uh, apparently the second they're, they're saying that the, possibly the second wave is hitting the States right now. Um, Florida reported almost 8,500 new cases this week. Yeah. And Arizona has been hit really hard too, which is another state that wanted to open up to sports, you know? Um, yeah, I think, I think we're, we're, we're seeing evidence that, uh, treating this thing, you know, with a capillary attitude is going to, uh, it's going to be a problem. And that's, and that's the thing. Cause you know, from day one, physical distancing was kind of like their, their big thing that everyone can do. Um, and one of the doctors, one of the famous doctors, um, in the world was always preaching that. And that's the American, um, head of the, um, well, what is his title? He's like the director of, um, disease and, allergetic so this is dr fauci um in the states and uh, the reason why i brought him up and this will segue into our into our next segment is the conspiracy nuts are kind of going even crazier on him because they think he's the mastermind now it's no longer china the mastermind because i guess that's old news that's december january but uh dr fauci you know it's no longer fire dr fauci but now it's like arrest him and do whatever because they have this theory that Dr. Fauci is actually um, more akin to the Watchmen character Ozymandias, who is basically the mastermind. So for those that have not read the comic book, The Watchmen, um, this character, spoiler alert, turns out to be the mastermind throughout of who's been knocking off the Watchmen or who killed the comedian. And his ultimate plan does happen, and he genetically creates... Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Curtis, because it's, it's been a while since I've read it, nor saw it. He genetically creates this giant monster alien that he teleports into Manhattan, and he... It only survives for, like, a second or two, and then just enough for people to see and images to be captured of it, and then it explodes and kills quite a few like yeah like it, like it kills many 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 people like, yeah and yeah. and that ends up unifying the world um to perhaps get you know prepare for this fake alien invasion that he fabricates mm -hmm. um and that's what the conspiracy nuts are thinking that he he's trying to create this one world <laughs> um, one world order through this, you know, Dr. Fauci's own giant monster, which is the uh, C-19. So, um, unpack that. <laughs> that is, uh, well, you know, like we've reached, we've, I, I, I don't know if we've reached this age. Maybe it's always been there, but it's just more visible because, because it's laid bare on social media, but like we're, we're at this this point where like rather than sort of change your mind about something in the face of overwhelming evidence instead you'll move the goalposts and it gets to the point where you have to entertain theories like this in order to keep your world view rather than just say you know what maybe we were you know maybe we were wrong about uh you know maybe he was right and trump was wrong about this this disease you know people are wrong about things all the time you, you move on instead it's like no trump can't be wrong so what could it be oh i know yeah this guy created this disease this worldwide phenomenon for his own for his own ends and if he's like uh uh from the the watchman you know the old the <clears throat> the ultimate aim was a laudable one it's just it's just the the, the means to get there where 
unconscionable. And and I, I take offense by the conspiracy nuts to make that correlation because Ozymandias is like one of the greatest villains, I guess, of, of comic books because even though he does get preachy near the end and they try to go and stop him, like it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I did this 35 minutes ago. I'm way smarter than you. You know what I mean? He's 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 the he's the super true super villain smart guy that doesn't do silly things. You know, like he and and um, I kind of find it funny because uh, if Fauci was was actually Osmondeus, then he would have he would have cured C19 months ago. <laughs> and you know, but. Uh, yeah, but but speaking about Watchmen, like it would have killed. He would have. It would have. It would have killed more people quicker, and, and then he would have like found found this this cure that would have you know. Well, the cure should have. The cure would have been developed by all parts of the world, right? It had to right. be a joint yeah. effort, you know. Yeah. Uh, because in and the, there would have been the exception. There would have been the acceptable losses, which would have been like in the millions, maybe, and then and then a joint effort to to extinguish it right yeah um so uh getting back to the watchman so uh it's it takes place during the height of the cold war so it, it's it's they have the doomsday clock which is ticking away throughout the graphic novel and um and this event that he sets up you know unites the world and world peace is established and you know, but, you know, the, the, the whole moral cost was, you know, at what cost, right? Um, mm. And then everyone realizes that maybe he was right, because, um, again, spoiler alert, uh, Rorschach was going to go and expose him, and uh, Dr. Manhattan stops him. Um, but, again, dun-dun-dun, Rorschach hat sends his uh, diary to that right-wing newspaper <laughs> or yeah. or to that conspiracy newspaper the, the, the new frontier i think it's called yeah or, yeah. And, yeah and and he wrote he had everything written down so the the copy yeah. guns there um but yeah. you were telling me that the television show the hbo version is uh, is quite good and it kind of picks up from that point on yeah it's a few years like like i think like several years afterwards um, and, uh, and, and there's a, there's a, a right wing, like a really sort of like, it's like a, a modern day Ku Klux Klan, I guess. And they all wear Rorschach masks and they all, you know, basically, um, his teachings found, found an audience thanks, thanks to that sort of conspiracy theory magazine. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then there's, uh. I think it. I think it takes place in Tulsa. I think the whole the whole thing is in Tulsa. They flash back to the, to sort of like the massacre of of Black Wall Street. The and I think it was the twenties. Like they bring in in a lot of actual, sort of uh, history. Like some 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 really sort of the brutal history of that of that area. But the, well, these 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 guys have massacred the cops on a couple of occasions. So then the cops are allowed to wear like superhero masks and stuff to conceal their identities. Mm -hmm. But then now they act with a lot more impunity and, and, and there's a, a, you know, there's, there's a lot less oversight. And, and so it's, it was really quite shocking that it came out just a few months ago and a lot of the stuff seems to have come to pass over the last like, Months. Well, and, and I think that's 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 what was the beauty of the original graphic novel was you you see the Watchmen through big points of history in American history because um, you real well in in their universe Doctor Manhattan actually wins the Vietnam War for them, mm -hmm. um, and and the comedian is is a soldier in, in Vietnam as well. So they basically sent in the superheroes for the American side, and and it, so well, I. So I guess it makes sense that they would try to bring in historical events and kind of keep, you know, inserting the Watchmen into it. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, and and uh, Hooded Justice, who's one of the characters, he has his origin out of those out of the the Tulsa massacre. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just it was. I thought it was extremely well done. Um, I know Alan Moore is not a fan of. Uh, 
anyone trying to sort of like, I guess, appropriate his work or, you know, and he, he obviously didn't sign off on it and had nothing to do with it. Um, but uh, I don't know, like, I, I think like it, it, it has enough respect for the source material and does its own thing, right? It doesn't try to reinvent the wheel or try to change anything that Alan Moore did, which, which you know, the obviously the, the Zack Snyder film did. I can see that being more contentious. Yeah, I, I was not a big fan of the of the Zack Snyder film, um, and uh, again, it just it just kind of felt okay. I don't think you actually read the same book I did. At least that's the sense I I, I kind of got. Um, and uh, so is since we're talking about the character, is uh, Osmond Dias in the TV show? Like I would assume so. Yes. He is because he's he does. He, there is no fate for him other than he realizes um, that he that he's kind of alone and oh I got there because Manhattan says something to him and and then he kind of comes to some kind of conclusion about his actions as well even though he yeah. it's his triumphant moment yeah yeah he's in it he's got and he's he's played by uh, Jeremy Irons in the uh, HBO show and uh, and and obviously Jeremy Irons is having a great time like he's just he's completely. Um, yeah, he's still a genius, but like sort of, yeah, years of isolation have made him a complete sort of whack job. And so his, his arc gets into the main arc by the end, but for the first like four or five episodes, like it'll, it'll show like the main story. And then there'll be like the last 10 minutes will be about him doing his thing. It's just, it's so weird. It's it's just extremely well done, I think. Okay, uh, I I will have to go back and, and and for those that have not read it, do yourself a favor, go pick it up. It's probably I don't know what version printing. I was just showing Curtis. I had the fourth edition printing of it. At one point in time, I did have a Watchmen watch, and in in a weird musical uh, a tie-in, which I lost at a uh, Jane's Addiction concert when they were super small. <laughs> I, I saw Jane's Addiction when I was in grade 11, grade 12 at uh, the concert hall here in Toronto. And yeah, it was just, you know, it was, it was one, it was like kind of a knockoff swatch. So it was like kind of plastic band. Um, of course it had the happy, it had the comedian's happy face with the blood stain on it. The, the, yeah. And um, yeah, left the concert, wasn't on my wrist. And <laughs> too much, too much moshing, too much, too much, uh, too much moshing, I guess. Um, so I have an early copy. It's, it's like it's never going to be worth anything because a it's it's always been printed. But I did pick up the Absolute Watchman, which is like coffee table size book, which I would recommend because they really upscaled it really well. Sometimes these older comics, when they upscale it digitally, it kind of looks like just looks bad because it was never drawn like that. But I guess they went back to the source material. Fantastic Watchman. Probably one of the greatest things ever written. Period. And, oh yeah, so good. And uh, just... you know, poor poor Alan Moore just can't can't be at peace with it. I guess. No, I I guess maybe he just wanted that to be it, right? He said what he wanted to say, and uh, and then you know, I also probably he was he was in a fight with DC. Probably he probably didn't didn't get paid what he was what he was worth for it you know um so it's funny that the guy the showrunner for the Watchmen tv show like he he's kind of he, he's not not exactly pulling an alan Moore, but he did the one season and it was quite successful and they you know hbo wants more but he's like i i don't have any ideas and i don't want to do it for the sake of just doing a second season so unless i have an amazing idea i'm i'm not i'm not touching it <laughs> no no i, I get you I, I i will have to watch it and give you give you my review after so um all right let's let's get off the watchman and uh, go on to our, our wrestling segment so we've been talking about this and talking about this well we'll finally do the first bracket tonight so we had dug up some classic promos that we're going to pit against each other in bracket style march madness in june um, so I've got a random number generator to kind of pit them together rather than me pick up the brackets. Um, so we have, we might have to give one promo a buy. So we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to activate this. So just give me a second. Uh, Roddy Piper rips on Scotland plus mean Gene <laughs> dick joke. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, what, while I queue it up, why don't you do? You remember this one off the top of your head? Um, I remember the 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 Mean Gene, the mean gene uh, Dick joke. I can't remember if you have to be watching or if he's if if the audio will suffice. It's very sort of subtle. Subtle by wrestling standards. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I know when this promo first came out, I wouldn't have had a clue what he was talking about. But uh, watching it again, yeah. Okay, let's 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 give it a listen. All right, fans. My guest at this time is the very controversial host of Piper's Pit. He is from Glasgow, Scotland. His name Howard. Just a second. How could you hand me that chair? Roddy Piper, I kind of appreciate the way that uh, that you do business on Piper's Pit, well, and I thought... Uh, well, let me grab a chair of my own here. Well, sure, we'll sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, don't kill a good thing here, Howard. Well, yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd come around, say hi, and see if you had anything on your mind for a change. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. But you know what I'm going to do? Hi. I'm going to be a nice guy. I'm not going to insult you. Who's this? Junkyard dog. <laughs> Drop. <laughs> You're not going to insult me. Okay, then say you know, that. Roddy, oh, I'd like to have you tell me about Glasgow. I, I, I hear so many good things about Glasgow, Scotland. Uh, okay, I'll tell you about Glasgow. They have filthy rivers. They have nasty, nasty countryside. They have horrible, horrible people. That's why I left. <laughs> now tell me, tell me about Poland. <laughs> well, what, what would you like to know about Poland? Uh, why did you leave? Well, I uh, let's forget that. Forget that. I'm gonna ask you. This this is not Piper's Pit. No, I'm the I'm the genius. host of this. You know, one one thing though that I I would like to discuss with you is maybe a sore subject. Is a gentleman uh, by the name of I've been, I know Hot Rod's been tired lately. Go ahead, though. I don't Mr. mind. Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Uh, Wonderful, yeah. Paul Orndorff. Oh, Mr. Wonderful. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, now I get a rise out. We talked about oh, house. No, now I get a rise hard. out of you. It's hard to get a rise from me. Mr. Wonderful. I've heard. Mr. Wonderful, you heard it. He's wonderful. Uh, you've been talking to the apes and the giraffes and chimpanzees again, haven't you? Mr. <laughs> wonderful, I think to myself, sometimes late at night, I'll lay back in my bed. I'll close my eyes. He won't even cross my mind. <laughs> Not a damn thing about him. The other day, though, I was in a store. People were talking. Never mentioned his name. Are you starting to lose your hair? Am I what? <laughs> well, I see you've got a little, little, little receding hairline. Uh, you'd be an expert at it, wouldn't you? <laughs> I mean, you would know if someone was starting to lose their hair, wouldn't you? Tell me something. Did you start to lose your hair on the top of your head all over? I uh, guess, well, I... <laughs> not, 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 not actually all over. Not, all, not actually all over, no. no just on just the top a, of my head. Just on the top of your head. That just comes with time. Now, Orndorff, he's got lots of hair. If you're looking at him from the north end going south, he's got plenty of hair. Nice hair down his back. Excuse me, pal. Hi. She's all over. She's just going stick a fork in here right now because we're done. I I forgot that the they build Roddy Piper coming from Glasgow because he's got right. he's got the furthest thing from a Glaswegian accent, which is like probably the thickest Scottish accent you could have. From yeah, oh, I know, I know. He sounds like he's from like Winnipeg or I forget where he's from. He's from like Winnipeg or Saskatoon or one of those kind of places. Well, and 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 what's 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 also incredible about those old days is yeah the, the lack of focus on the promos it's just like uh we just need to fill in airtime for tv just yeah do this yeah but he was uh i forgot that that he was feuding at one point with mr wonderful because they were like allies for a long time well yeah well that was yes, uh, oh yeah it's but you know whatever will whatever will uh, be the money that's that that is a good that's a good one just for bizarre yeah, odd things. I love. I loved it. He would just say the most random stuff. And I just loved him ripping on Glasgow because because Glasgow. I've been to Glasgow and I actually quite like it, but it is a bit of a, it is a bit of a dump. Some farts. Uh, okay, so I have the neck. I have what it is up against. The random number generator um, has picked the Cactus Jack promo on Sandman. This is this is this is a bit disturbing. And one. 
Sandman, somewhere deep inside this demented mind, there lurks a soft spot. A soft spot for the things that have gone through my life. A soft spot for the wrestling history in my life. A soft spot, Sandman, for you. Because you are a part of my wrestling history. Five years ago when Cactus Jack was just starting to build the legend. Five years ago when Sandman was just starting to exist. And so when I heard with eager ears the tales of the Sandman in ECW. When Kevin Sullivan sent word and said the Sandman is fabulous. I was very proud. And I watched and deservedly so was I proud. Because Sandman, every time you smoked a butt. It brought me pride. Every time you piled drove another hapless opponent, it brought me pride. And every time you smashed a Singapore cane against somebody's skull, it made me proud. Because I knew who you're taking your lessons from, you learned very well. Because the Sandman doesn't and still does not care about winning. Just like five years ago, Cactus Jack had not a care in the world. And I hate to see it, but look into my eyes and you can see I'm a changed man. Because I like to win Sandman. I like the ego gratification of the one, two, three. I like to have my hand in the air. And I like to sign autographs. I'm going to cut it off there. Not not to cut off back, but it's like a huge problem. It, it, go, it goes on. It goes well, on. Well, you got that. What's, what's incredible is um, Mick, well, I'll call, I'll call sure, Cactus, he's bloodied after a match he, he looks like a mess and his one arm one hand is kind of just in front of the camera and i then i realized oh that's mick's hand probably locked in that position like 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 skeletally locked i think he's actually he's having some kind of seizure and he probably should see seek medical attention uh, uh, yeah so during during that feud with salmon this is ecw days right yeah yeah okay yeah because it was really like they never when when Mick went over to WWE, they never really introduced Cactus Jack until like later, right? Like it was his... later, yeah, yeah. It's it's basically um I guess they they really wanted to have the three personas, right? The three faces of Foley. So they had Mankind and they had Dude Love who was just like his sort of like comedy character. Uh, but then, then I remember when they brought in Cactus Jack, uh, it was kind of a big deal of WWE because he'd only been seen really in ECW and uh, he did like those really crazy by WWE standards, hardcore matches where he was teamed with Terry Funk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I think I remember he, he debuted in the Cactus Jack persona against Triple H, right. In a cage match of some kind. And out came the thumbtacks and 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 the craziness and i think uh at one point i think i remember seeing an interview with uh, mick and he was just like he, he you know because obviously the wrestlers are talking to each other in the ring and triple h was gonna um pedigree him but mick actually said no on the thumbtacks and he's like are you sure and he goes yeah, yeah it'll look awesome and I think he was just like, he was just saying, oh, wait, this is a stupid idea because of the way the move is. Like, he's got to do a face yeah. plant. And I guess he wasn't too off, far off from attack, like, going into his eyelid or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Mick. Yeah, the guy was crazy, for sure, but uh, but hugely entertaining. Well, again, he, he he he's one of those guys that loves the pop and knows how to break it out, and then he's has just a high pain threshold, right? And and he really kind of worked his character because he did he, he obviously he got like the cheap pops and which he which he would always call for and stuff like that. But like, you know, he really worked those characters well because they're weird characters. Like mankind is is a very bizarre looking and sounding character. But and, and, he really and, really made him lovable somehow. And, and and Mick and Mick himself, you know, it's like he's not like a big buff dude. Yeah, like he's, definitely not. Yeah. He, he's just a big guy, you know. And and I, I always kind of wondered what 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 do people love him? And I guess he's one of the one of those things where people just love the the heart and the and the effort that he puts into his matches and stuff. Um, yeah, he. I know that one of his things that he does, he does like a one man show, and the last time, 
the wrestling sideshow was in town, which was last year for Summer Slam, which was held here. Um, he he brought his one man show to uh, to the rec room down down by the Skydome. Oh yeah. All right. What's your call between those two? This is Cactus Jack against oh, Roddy Piper. It's tough because they're they're both. I mean, they're from different eras. They're both masters of sort of just those ad lib rambly promos that they're able to pull off because of because they each have like tons of charisma. Um, but I think like, and maybe this is just because it was the era I'm most familiar with. I think I think I'll, I'll go with Foley just because he 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 brought it every time. You know, in three different characters, in a whole bunch of different promotions. Well, in that one specifically, because he he's still bloodied and bleeding from the, the the match he was in, and I'm pretty sure his hand was locked in position. Yeah, <laughs> he should not have been giving a promo. But he, 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 he killed it. <laughs> and it, it's a four minute promo. Like he just yeah. and, and and the fact that he he's I don't know where who also was famous to do these promos where they would just kind of go off on this weird tangent telling this bizarre story um, and, or bizarre narrative. I wouldn't say story, like bizarre narrative and then somehow bring it back to pro wrestling. So it uh, looks, like, looks like Cactus Jack is moving on. Uh, oh, one of my personal favorites. It's going to be hard for me to vote for anything else after, if for this one for sure. This is... Ric Flair's 1991 Royal Rumble win post-match um, uh, promo, and now I have to pre- I have to preface this just a bit while while I get past the ads. So Rick just left NWA, never worked for Vince for any long. This is like his first time in WWE or WWF at the time, and they came in he. Did he bring his? Did he bring the belt with him? I don't believe so. Oh, I thought he did. I thought he brought. He? I thought he did. I thought he brought the belt, and he was basically saying he's the champ. And you know, at the time, I I'm sure he's they're trying to set up something with him and Hogan, but basically trying to ha- you know build up a huge run for him. So, uh, but he gets put into the Royal Rumble, and he's number three. And he wins it all. So up to that point, I don't know who broke his record. I, it might have been Rey Mysterio. It took like that long before Rick's record got broken. He was in there, I don't know, like over an hour and a bit. Um, so here's the here's the here's the promo. Let me just say, after view the starting the belt, they're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm gonna tell y'all with a tear. In my eyes, this is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one when you are the king of the WWE. You rule the world. Think about it like that. from the uh, the late great Kurt Henning in there as well. Oh no, no for sure. So uh, sorry that the volume on that one is uh, was, was pretty crazy. So like this was just incredible and and I saw an interview of with Rick on Broken Skull session and they were saying like, you know, were you tired at all? And he goes, 
Uh, no. <laughs> so, just an amazing. I remember watching it live when it happened and just, you know, just this promo is so incredible. And also the fact that Rick has, you know, he, he is the greatest of all time and, you know, how Rick has kind of influenced like so much in sports, like you see and uh, NFL players celebrating doing the Ric Flair strut. Yeah. And, yeah. A little uh, styling and profiling. Yeah. And I know that he's been in a uh, few music, uh, rap musical vi- videos that he's in or they, you know, cause they do call him the King of swag. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's see what Rick, who is Rick up against and Rick is up against, Oh, something of the same era. We'll let the promo speak for itself. Oh, let's let it play out. Good old ads. Thank you, YouTube. Oh, double ads for this one because there's so many views on it. Ah, sounds like a good matchup. I'm accompanied by my man, Virgil. Ah. And in one hand, Virgil has a basketball. Four man sport. Basketball, right, Virgil? Basketball, all you need is a ball, a hoop, and an old raggedy pair of tennis shoes. Not like the expensive games that I play. They take Learjets, limousines, but that's another story. And then the other hand, Virgil has just a small sampling of the million dollar man's millions. Now I know that looks like a lot of money to most of you people. As I look around the crowd, it's obvious to me that most of you would do just about anything for a little bit of my money. And I tell you what, being the generous individual that I am, I'm going to give somebody here the opportunity. Look at that virtual, look at the hands waving already. They all want to sign the money. I'm going to give somebody here the opportunity to make some of my money. Now, all you got to do to make some of my money tonight is bounce the ball. Now, I know that's real difficult for most of you people because you can't chew gum and walk at the same time. But all you got to do is bounce the ball. Now, who wants to make $500? Look at that, Virgil. Look at the poverty. Let's look around. Look at the poverty. Okay. We got us a little basketball player right here. Security, let's bring him up here. Bring him up here right here. Come right on up here, son. Okay. Come right here that I can see you now. What's your name, son? Sean. Okay, Sean. Can you dribble a basketball? You can dribble a basketball, okay. Virgil, give me the basketball. Now let me see. Can you dribble that basketball ten times? Let me see you dribble a basketball ten times. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Good. Go. Okay, pick the ball up, Virgil. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Sean. If you can dribble this basketball 15 times consecutively without missing, Look at here, I'm going to give you $500. Now, I know you and your family can use $500. I can tell by looking at you that you can use a lot more than 500 bucks. Okay. Virgil, give me the basketball. Okay, Sean, 15 times. Ready, go. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Oops! We didn't get to 15, Sean. We didn't get to 15, did you? No. He didn't make 15. And you know what that means? What that means, Sean, is you've got to learn a hard, cruel fact of life. When you don't do the job right, you don't get paid. <laughs> he he really so good. he really did know how to put heat on on himself, right? Like that. That's, oh, yeah. Like it wasn't even against a, another wrestler. It was the whole point of the promo was just I I gotta I gotta put so much heat on yeah. on this character. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna diminish everybody in the audience to do it. 
Yeah, I love that. I love that promo. I remember it. I remember it like it was yesterday. The first time I saw it, I was laughing so hard. <laughs> so, so I found an interview with with DiBiase on it because I was kind of curious whether or not the kid turned into a wrestler. You know, but he did not. Like, obviously, it's part of the show. They never put anyone yeah. up there. Um, yeah. So you know, he jokingly said, "Well, they got paid because that was all part of the show." Um, yeah. But uh, I guess one part that he wasn't prepared for was like him running to his mom scared was actually because I guess he he was a bit freaked out when, you know, in rehearsal, they're probably he's rehearsing it. But when he's on stage, he's, you know, and he says, you didn't get the job. And yeah, so apparently yeah. it kind of scared him and he kind of ran to his mom, which which paid off because it looked really authentic. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so apparently DiBiase runs into the guy years later. Um, and the guy is like six, six and he like taps him on the shoulder and, you know, and, uh, apparently the, he did go to, go to school for basketball and they, they kind of shared a, a, a nice moment, but, uh, he yeah. got, apparently he got drafted by the Lakers, but he didn't make the final cut. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, huh. so sh- little Sean <laughs> from, from Omaha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, forever, forever embedded in the wrestling lore. I yeah, and you know what? It, it is a tough one because I, I was like, I that Ted DiBiase one is classic, um, and and the fact that uh, you know, and I don't know if during this time because this was early on in, in Million Dollar Man, like they weren't gonna break yeah. him and Virgil up yet, right? No, no, um, no. Yeah, it was quite early on. It was like when they had all those great vignettes, like the one where. Uh, he pays that guy to kick all the kids out of the pool, and then it's just him like lounging around in the in in, in like a in like like one of those floating chairs in the pool, and all, all the kids like are are like grabbing on the chain linked fence, looking at him, really sad. As he's just oh, he's, he was such a great character. And oh my god, I'm just kind of looking. There's actually our Ted DiBiase and Virgil on the Arsenio Hall show. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, well, it's it's hard because, you know, DiBiase was one of the greatest heels. He never he never held the championship title except for the million-dollar championship, right? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. Um, because it's it's too – it's at that time, in that era, it's hard to drop the title off Hogan because he just made so much money, right? Yeah. Like, you, you he don't – he, Yeah, he, uh, he made so much money and he had an insatiable ego to, uh, to feed so put those two things together no one's getting the title yeah well even if they wanted to like it'd be like silly why do we why should we get off this train like everyone's he's 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 probably selling the most merch and it didn't matter who he was fighting right yeah you know he he if he was on the marquee he would pack the place so it's you know whether he had say or whatever, it's always kind of a hard thing to say. You know, it he made everyone money, right? So what can you say? Yeah. So, oh, I don't know. I, I I'll go first uh, since you went last uh, first last time. Um, I think I'm gonna still have to go with Rick, um, despite the fact that DiBiase's run as the super cocky, evil rich guy. And the fact that he, you know, because it's also a very cartoonish rich guy, right? Like the suit he yeah. wore had the dollar sign on the back, and yeah, yeah. dollar signs so, in the lapel. So tacky and gross. Yeah, it was and, so and, good. And but uh, oh, like it's it's so hard to 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 kind of turn down a, a Ric Flair promo, especially that one, just just because um, he 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 just came off the match similar to the to the to the Foley one, you know. He just came off an hour and 15 performance and he's like just cutting this promo and it, it's just, it was a perfect ending to um, the Royal Rumble that year because that the show ended right after that promo. Yeah. And apparently the story is they went on, him and Okerlund went on to have 15 martinis. Apparently that's the wrestling lore after the show. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. <laughs> what's, uh, uh, what's your vote? Yeah, I mean, it's it kind of sucks that it's these two. I was I was thinking like both of these could kind of crush some le- lesser opposition on the way up. Oh. But I, I do kind of like this uh, this random number uh, generator method because because it, it means that you get a reckoning pretty early on. It could be. Um, yep. It sucks that one of these has to go. I just can't, in good conscience, let Ric Flair go in the first round of a of a, of a promo bracket. Yeah. Um, 
even though even though I think that that Ted DiBiase promo is exceptionally strong. Well, um, it's it. Everyone remembers it, right? You yeah. you say you t you ask someone name a Ted DiBiase promo, and it's always the one with the basketball, and he kicks the basketball. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's one of my favorite promos ever ever done. But yeah, the, that Ric Flair. What I remember the thing is, I remember watching that Ric Flair. Uh, that Royal Rumble. It was in, I think it was in first year at Carlton. We were watching it. We, we we ordered it and we were watching it in the TV lounge. We ordered the pay per view, and I just remember just marveling at at at, uh, at Ric Flair's performance in the whole the whole thing. Like just just like selling that sort of cowardly opportunist character for like the entire hour or whatever. Well, it was so good. And 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 he admits to it. He goes, what are you talking about? I have, he has three offensive moves. He, <laughs> you know, he has the thumb in the eye. Um, the, uh, what else? Oh, geez. What did he say? So Ric Flair, thumb in the eye, the chop. Yeah. And he does some kind of a weird trip in the figure four. Like really offensively, that's all he has. Yeah. After that, it's just him falling on his face or, you know, Ric Flair always attempts to go off the top rope and someone throws him off the top rope. Like that, that's just classic Flair, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's kind of funny because when you watch Charlotte, who's his daughter, Ashley, like she does way more stuff than Rick ever did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, which is quite, which is quite incredible. And no, no, you're right. And if you go back and watch that Royal Rumble again, unlike the ones that are happening today where they pepper in jobbers, Every single yeah. person that was in that Royal Rumble is like Hall of Famer. Yeah, yeah, it was like a masterclass of uh, you know, um, other than other, yeah, and and you know, you you real like I started watching going, oh okay, he's a classic. Oh, Big Boss Man. Oh, Jake the Snake. Oh, Undertaker, Hogan, Sid, uh, Kerry Von Erich, British Bulldog. Um. It was just like incredible, and the fact that they all heal or face. The first thing they did was attack Flair. Yeah, <laughs> and because he was the interloper, right, from the other promotion and all that kind of that, stuff. That, that's that's right, and uh, and Bobby Heenan is like on the color commentary crying every time someone comes and attacks him, especially the Undertaker, right? Because at the time, Undertaker, you know, relatively got introduced, and he's like the unstoppable killing machine. Yeah. And, and like, it was, it was pretty funny. Like, I don't know how many face plants Flair did that night or that fight, but just, just amazing. So Cactus Jack cuts promo on Mr. on Sandman and Ric Flair, 1991 Royal Rumble win moves on to the, to the next round. So we still have, we still have some good matchups. And I think one, two, three, four, five, six, we, we, Roddy Piper, Ted DiBiase will need to be brought back up. So we'll give them a, 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 a second chance. Oh, a repishage. Yes, because we have uneven, so we don't want to give anyone a buy. So we'll we'll pit the Roddy Piper Ted DiBiase one together and find out who's going to be the extra, and then we'll do we'll move another set into the, the next round. Oh, yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, it's it's that, that's what we want. Um, <laughs> so uh, nothing more happened in wrestling this week that I can report on, other than I watched the. Uh, I guess they decided to bring back the branding of In Your House. So NXT did your their In Your House um, pay-per-view this weekend. Uh, so NXT is their uh, feeder system. And uh, again, they had the fake audience of all the wrestlers in training, the people that are kind of doing dark matches in NXT. Um, it, you know, it's it's a it's a de it's a decent show because again, it's like it's like watching any minor league sport like these people are hungry and they're working extra hard and doing extra insane things um and uh the women's three-way match was pretty pretty awesome they, they had some pretty high-flying crazy spots um uh, charlotte flair was in that because she's she was the current and i'm not too sure what the reasoning was to give her the nxt title even though she was on the main roster that was it just confused me but um it was a three-way and Charlotte Flair had Rhea Ripley in the figure eight, which is basically a figure four, but she bridges up so that she's not, not lying on the ground. 
and then Iro Shinra did this um, moonsault and lands on Ripley. But because um, now she got the raw end of the deal, she's in the figure four being submitted, and then she gets someone landing on her. But as a result, um, because Charlotte has her legs all tied up in the figure four, she couldn't move, and she and Io um, uh, got the um, the pin. So interesting for for WWE, we have two Asians, two Asian women holding titles in uh, Vince's companies right now. Yeah, the uh, the the women's yeah the women's title women's and the t- NXT t- women's yep. title. Right? Yeah, so yeah. right right now is the the t- uh, the Empress uh, Asuka is it holds the women's title after Becky announced that she's pregnant and the Money in the Bank match was not for a, a contract or an opportunity, but it was actually for the belt. Like the, apparently the belt was in the briefcase. Um, <laughs> so, but it, it was it was weird. Like it was like face turn like because everything is so up in the air um like that was the oscar's face turn <laughs> yeah you know yeah there wasn't really much motivation no just... no but but she is she yeah. is she is very good and she has the most japanese youtube channel ever i stumbled upon it the other day so she her english is not good so it's it's all in japanese and she doesn't eat food or mukbang is that what it's called where <laughs> but uh she she basically does unboxing and just kind of like regular everyday stuff but it's it's <laughs> it's quote-unquote very japanese you have to kind of watch it like it's she interrupt she interrupts herself with these anime characters laughing at her and it's it's the most bizarre <laughs> it's the most bizarre youtube channel and it's like well she has enough subscribers to keep it going like she has like i don't know uh, she must be over 100k or what but it has nothing to really do with wrestling at all it's just yeah. her it's her doing wacky japanese things in america <laughs> maybe maybe that's maybe that's her stick no she does do, she does do some you know video game unboxing and i think she has some kind of contract or deal with capcom like oh, okay. she so she she's she's doing stuff for them but uh, but speaking about capcom going into our video game segment to, to end off the show um you you got an early release before uh the covid um uh, attack on, yeah. on on animal crossing so maybe uh, yeah. well we'll kind of let you talk right about. at the yeah so like the, it got released right at the start because i think were we not talking about the light lineup too yeah and, and the, the yeah. irresponsible lineup the fact that yeah. yeah so so yeah i had it then i was like uh man i'm glad that i have this that, that i got i got a copy uh, to review because now i'll have something to do during the doing this and i wasn't sure what my work situation was going to be or anything like that plus i had two weeks off at the start of the whole thing so i played a lot of animal crossing um yeah i had never played an animal crossing title before um i can see the appeal a lot because uh, i played stardew valley i don't know if you have you played stardew valley larry no 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 i in fact you, you need to give me a preamble of what animal crossing exactly is because i tried to have other people explain it to me but um, it's, it's sort of RPG, very heavy story driven, right? Not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got no, the wrong game. I don't, I don't really find that too much. Um, I mean, there is sort of story, but like, it's basically you're on an island and it's kind of, the premise is weird. So basically there's, you, you win this trip to go to this island and then for whatever reason, you sort of become this indentured servant on this island now of course it's not played that way like because it's a very cute game kind of thing but uh, all of a sudden you're there and then all of a sudden the guy who, who who gives you the trip starts putting you to works and um but like uh, so basically you build this town and um so you go out you can like harvest trees you can uh you know you can mine for stuff and it's all very easy um and there's little challenges every day and then you can you know and then you build houses and you know as you progress like there, there's a general store comes and a museum comes and uh, all this other stuff and all these anthropomorphic animals move to your island become your friends and you hang out with them and uh now i'm at the point where every every saturday if you play if i log into the game on saturday there's this uh there's this dog with a guitar named kk slider who performs a concert 
so he'll perform like a couple of songs if you log in on Saturday and no other day. Like it's it's just kind of like a an ecosystem. It's like an ecosystem that you can play in, and uh, that's kind of all it is. But it's you can pick it up and put it down. You can play for five minutes. You can play for two straight hours. Um, it's it's very charming and inoffensive and uh and yeah it's just it's just kind of fun it's very nintendo like extremely uh sort of that 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 style and, and so so it's interesting you're, you're saying that it's also live content that there's these events that just kind of appear and go so I, i'm always a big fan of the live content because i think i'm just i think i'm done with games that i pay the 80 dollar mark four and then it just kind of ends when i finish playing yeah um yeah so yeah they're adding to it all the time i just saw i haven't played it in a while because i've been playing other stuff and i played a lot of it for a while but they've added like some weddings now how i saw like in the in the e-stores sort of uh homepage so i don't know what that's all about but yeah they're they're adding stuff a lot um you know there's fishing contests and then the other thing too is you can go if your friends are playing you can go and visit their islands uh, as well, and, uh, and and also like you can go to um, other islands and and harvest on them, like uninhabited ones, and harvest on them. And, and so there's kind of like a very simplified economy. So if your island grows like a lot of apples, and you go to one that that and you, you go to one that has like a bunch of orange trees you just stock up on oranges and sell them back on your island and you make like a killing <laughs> so so and there's, you can there's buy a, some sweet stuff so so there's a bit of an economy to it as, as well yep. okay so and there's a design element too like you design your house you can get all kinds of wacky furniture for your house and you can get different wallpapers different floors you can design your own t-shirts you can design your own wallpaper you can design your own flag for the island you can make a song there's like a little synthesizer you can make your own theme song for the island like yeah it's 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 it's, it's like a playground uh, type game. so so is it just building is it is this version just building upon previous versions of animal crossing or is this supposed to be like a standalone updated same game but switch version yeah it's a standalone thing i don't know much about previous versions of animal crossing from what i understand this one is is a bit is a bit different i don't know maybe it's the island theme or something like that but uh but i think it's yeah i think it's its own it's its own thing um yeah i don't know i i think it's definitely a lot of fun it's it's a good sort of uh like I like games where you can play it. Like if you've got a short, like twenty minute subway ride, you can play it for that twenty minutes, and then you and put then, it down, and put it down, and you're you're totally fine. The first Animal Crossing game came out in April fourteenth, two thousand and one. Yeah, so it's a nineteen yeah, nineteen yeah. year old uh, uh, franchise. Yeah. I had, yeah, I, I, I had no idea it was that old until I well, I, started again, looking into it. I, again, I, I, I always heard the name and I knew it was kind of, you know, out there. And then the new one apparently was such a big deal because obviously with new new hardware and 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 connectivity. But uh, so, do you high, do you recommend it? What's your what's your recommendation there? Yeah, I think it's definitely worth a purchase. I mean, like. If you it, it depends on on what you're looking for obviously but if you if you're I mean it, it's it's not a thrill a minute and it's not a technological accomplishment as far as like graphics or anything like that but like it there's a lot of content there's a lot of sort of surprising depth to it and if you like any sort of game where you build your own ecosystem you know it's like it's got a bit of a minecraft or a stardew valley or anything like that kind of thing um, then, then yeah, I totally recommend it. There's lots of crafting and customizing and stuff like that. And as you progress, you get to do more. Like you eventually get to the point where you can terraform sort of your island and, and stuff like that. And I, and I know it's a big thing right now in social media with Animal Crossing is to dress like your avatar. Is that is that that's a thing, right? Where you can customize your clothing. <laughs> 
and then people yeah. are actually like dressing up as their avatar or they're they're trying to match an outfit that they have in real life or something like that i remember yeah was... oh for sure yeah all kinds of stuff like that and like a lot of hockey teams like i've seen like like hockey team or sports teams like on their official accounts they'll have like their animal like their social media guy will be playing animal crossing with like a and then we've made a capitals jersey for his avatar and all this kind of stuff like yeah it's uh yeah, it's it's fun. It's yeah, they they put a lot. Obviously, they put a lot of resources into it and uh, and, and made a game that sort of like, you know, you can you can sink your teeth into for a while, or you can play for a couple of minutes. And they keep adding to it so you don't get too bored. And I don't think it costs anything. Nothing that they've added so far has cost anything extra. I don't think it's the DLC. I think it's just like you. Okay, so so they're not doing they're not doing micro purchases in the game yet. No, no, nothing like that. Well, okay, well that's uh, Animal Crossing: New Horizons for Nintendo Switch. So yeah, um, if you want to read Curtis's full review, how how can people find it, Curtis? Um, it goes like because it's the the wire service. There's no, you know, there's no sort of like one newspaper wherever where our stuff goes but i think if you just google curtis withers and animal crossing it'll show up somewhere <laughs> it got a fair amount of web use oh of course why not all right so that ends another episode i'll i've got i've got a song queued up to let us go just to honor uh our new zealand brothers and sisters <laughs> and their yes. music uh very sorry you're very 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 sorry so Wow, listening to those earlier episodes just makes me think of two things. One, how poor the audio quality was back then, and just how much the show has changed over time. So you can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Thanks for listening, and just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. It's a look it from home.